Pickett. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Reyes. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. And we're back for another edition of Radio Dub. We were there last week. We're trying to be more consistent and, you know, be more present in everybody's lives that cares about the MPL uh, Women's Victoria as we do. And, you know, I'm your host. I feel weird saying a host on this show. No, no, you are it's a collaborative host slash overlord. No. And when you're in the studio doing this program, I bow down to you <laughs> for sure. I feel, I feel like that's not a pro term. We'll, we'll figure something out in the thesaurus. But, um... I am Pekua from Hong and uh, as always, I'm joined by was a sub, now permanent fixture, Lockie Flanagan. Lockie, thank you for joining us on the show. This no, week. it's a, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. It's it's uh, a week that's got that that air of something exciting, something special here in Victorian football because it is uh, it is Cup Final week. It is Cup Final week, and you know what? With Cup Final week, we, we thought we need to bring in the big guns, and you know what? They had an audition last week, and it was they were good. But we said, you know what, they're going to be better for the final show. We've obviously. Oh, you meant Oscar. I was meant Oscar, of course. Oh, okay. You said Big Guns, and I was thinking, like, uh, wow, you know, we've got like someone from Fox FM or Nova. <laughs> it's Oscar. No, but no, 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 glad to have Oscar we here. We do glad have, have Oscar here. Hello, Oscar. Oscar. Hello, Oscar. How are you? Well, I was feeling okay, but now I feel. Now I feel under my. No, I'm kidding. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah, as, as we say, it's. It was a good weekend last weekend. It will be another good weekend it's next not gonna, weekend. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. stop, stop right there, okay? It's not going to be good. It's going to be great, okay? <laughs> Got, you know what? Nike FC Cup Final on Sunday at 4 p.m. What's the ground's name again? Lucky the say. Valley Park Event Centre. Yeah, you said. Formerly so. known as ABD in Broadmeadows, yeah. Barry Road, for those who are so hoping clearly. to attend. You say it so clearly, so I thought I'd just get the you VPAC. to say to, the, to the, everyone out there. And obviously on the Saturday, so we, do have <laughs> just <gonna> the, stop. <laughs> we do have the Doherty Cup Final on Saturday yes. as well, which... I personally, like, I'm hoping Oakley wins, you know, as a former Oakley Cannons fan. But you know what? That's enough about men's football. Even, like, that 30 seconds. That's our perfunctory men's football update for the show. 30 seconds. I don't know. Cast it aside now. It was an exciting weekend of football last weekend. We had four four games on last weekend, and then we had a catch-up game last night. Last night, yeah. So... I feel like it's only right, as always, to go through last... Should we start from most recent, or should we start from the Mm. furthest away? I, I, I think we should we should go from furthest away, and yeah. because if we sort of build this chronology now and we start from furthest away, that means we can work our way we towards can. a preview we of uh, of the Nike FC Cup right. at the end. No, you're, you're not. You're, this is why you're. Sorry, here. I forgot. I shouldn't be making these decisions. No, this you are why, the the overlord. You are you, the host. This is why it's important to have other people's opinions. Sorry, then you can. Build I, I on submit such my ideas to you. And you I accept those take ideas. those ideas and do with them what you want, my, my liege. But well, even going chronologically, does that mean you start with the Alamein game or the Calder game? Is my question. Oh, that he's the asking alphabet? the right questions. Get no, no, rid of no, this no, man. No, no. He knows too much. <laughs> we are going to. We're going to start with Alamein uh, versus Box Hill United. A slave to the alphabet. Well, whatever. you you weren't doing that game. Oh, oh I'm using. The, I used the word overlord oh. before. Now you're. The, you know, Guys, what is we're it? all ruled by. I feel the like I not, need to start changing. Like, Baku. <laughs> Baku. <laughs> 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 No, but, uh, <laughs> I'll save that for off. You see how I try. I try to get the show in order, guys. It's going on. Um, Alamein Box Hill. Did you do that game on the weekend, Oscar? No, I did not. No, who, was, who did the commentary for that game? Uh, for Al- for Alamein Box Hill, that was Han Solo, oh, and yes. she got the uh, the chance to preside over what was a pretty yeah, pretty entertaining game, actually. Another. Game. I just want to say, actually, by the way, 
because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'd listened back to our predictions for the weekend. I haven't done and that. And I got correct result, correct scoreline in this game. So wow. I do obviously just a, you, just a brief singular uh, Lockie-induced round of applause of for Lockie. Did you check any of our predictions? I can't remember. <laughs> I was just <laughs> <focusing> <laughs> me, me, I me. I fully <laughs> believe you. Um, so it started off with, I believe, uh, my if my laptop would work, that'd be nice. But uh, we had the Sophia Sakalis goal for Box Hill first, and then Alamein scored literally 30 seconds later with City. Yeah, Alan. from their own kickoff. From, the own ki- from their own kickoff. And then we kind of, and then just Yusevsky. Yusevsky? Yeah, the yeah, Box Hill yeah. pulled back ahead. Yeah, pulled back ahead. And then uh, Stamatopoulos, if I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, I do apologise. Scored in the 82nd minute to get Alamein that true, true draw. But it was an interesting game, ultimately. What were your thoughts on that game, guys? Well, I would say I, th- I think we saw the, 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 the star players kind of at their best for each side. I think those first two. I mean, Sophia Sakalas was heavily involved in both goals. Yeah. She's in excellent form at the moment. She's been contributing to just about every goal the Box you Hill has scored over the last few weeks. You mm. fan, so you don't really have to like, mm. convince me. And, it, her. and it's funny, isn't it? Because I think this time last week we were like, do they sort of have that? kind of focal point, I guess, and while they didn't get a win in this game, it is but a, a two-all draw, and it was probably a game that they needed to win if they wanted to kind of pip Alamein into the finals. But I guess they're kind of showing that they can operate without a focal point because Sophia Sakala, she obviously scored that um, that first goal, good interplay between her and, uh, and Mindy J. Uh, Barbieri, for those who don't understand what, what I'm talking about there. And then she set up the, the second as well, did she not? Uh, yes, I, I do believe so, yes. Right. Yeah. So, a really nice assist too, yeah. yeah. And again, harking back to what we were ta- saying last week, by having a player who isn't a target up top, you allow yourselves to have forwards who drop back deep, and that's what happens. That leaves space in behind, which we consistently see someone who is renowned for their play- pace, like Anais Yusevsky, is able to exploit and score. And, and yeah. we saw that again over the weekend. Like obviously, we know like Box Hill don't have that traditional focal point, but they do kind of have the centre of where they play, all their play runs to, and that is Sophia Carlson. She kind of finds herself in any any spot really, and she can create for them. And I think that unfortunately, obviously this season, that she's had to create more than probably she would have wanted to, like for this team to be like the, as successful as they should be. But she's when you know when she has had opportunities to you know, and the workload hasn't been overly crazy. She can be that focal point up front, but obviously picking the ball up deeper and just kind of dribbling it out for and creating something for herself, which is something that I think with all the amount of work that she's had to do this season, something that's improved in her game of creating, you know, things that basically out of nothing because it's a lot of a lot of the chances that Box Hill have had to score this year, they've kind of been like just fleeting and she's just created magic. And I think the return of Mindy Barbieri, which yeah. Lucky alluded to, I think was also really important. Mindy's obviously a wonderful player who brings... They're a great tandem, bring, those two. Absolutely, and brings a, a degree of composure and, and, and class into the Box Hill midfield, which... Which at times it does feel like they're lacking. So I think that having Mindy back in that team adds a lot. And I think we saw the benefits of it on the weekend, even though they only came away with the draw. You kind of get that, even if it doesn't always result in the, the desired result for the whole team, you can always sense in the NPLW like that, that higher level of understanding that the A-League women's offcuts, or not not offcuts, but sorry, A-League women's players who are you know playing in their off season in the NPLW just have have got between one another. They they sort of understand that 
sharpness, the sort of, you know, it's not just about the one, the pass to the team out. It's about, you know, potentially being able to connect with the pass after that. I mean, when you add Mindy, Mindy Barbieri back into, into the fault, we're kind of blessed with two really intriguing, like quite high quality midfields at, at NPLW Victoria level as well, because obviously we saw uh, Nia Stamatopoulos was the, the player who scored to make it 2-all, yes, by aid of, uh, you know, a, a, a moment from from Erin Hudson that um, despite all her good work, I think, I think, I think she's she been impressive, like yeah, one that she about, wouldn't, yeah. that seemed to be a bit of a, a running theme this weekend, but um, more on that later. Uh, and we also saw Sydney Allen get the um, that equalising goal from kickoff, I think she was set up by... Elena Vatke. So the the midfields did a really, really good th- job of uh, contributing to the fabric of uh, of this game. I think this game kind of just think like if you were to like bottle up everything the box hill have been this year, that them their goal to them conceding they have like the what to get it to one one is like a vacuum of everything that you see from them mm. where they can be so like they can be critical up front they can be really nice and they can have some really nice passes together and. Like, you're like, oh, wow, they just scored, like, a really nice goal. And then they just fall asleep in moments and just kind of – they lose concentration. I think that's probably been their biggest weakness this year is it when they probably should stay sharp and just hold – just relax for two seconds, just for five minutes, they kind of just fade away. And then teams like Alamein, you know, can just come in and just score. And a goal that probably – if they were a little smarter, they maybe would have kicked it out for a, a throw-in or would have – conceded a quarter like you know would have stopped the play and just maybe a foul you know but they just allowed Alamey to just go from the halfway line to the back of the to the back of the net and obviously for Box Hill though looking at this game it's probably a game that maybe they would have been like we aren't the favourites so it's not like a horrible result obviously they're not going to make finals at this point well, I, I, oh, they could, well, but it's very like slim to none. I mean, I'm just trying to have a little bit of a look at the run here and I, I look. Just glancing at the at the ladder, obviously that that draw keeps Alamein four points ahead of Box Hill, who do have that game in hand. Although important caveat, that game in hand is against Calder. But their final three games to end the season, uh, FE emerging next week. That is an all important game because the team that's splitting Alamein and Box Hill on the table is of course FE emerging. So that is almost a, a you know a play in tournament kind of you know right to to tilt for the finals. Uh, Heidelberg and South Melbourne, their final three games to end the season. Meanwhile, for Alamein, yes, they are four points ahead. FC Bullion Lions, Bayside United, yeah, you can probably not lock in a win there. But Calder on the final day, that's not an easy run. It's four points is not as much as I I think we might be be theorising. You're not wrong there, and with Mindy Barbieri back, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they go on. Mini Barry, has she committed to Melbourne Victory? She with Melbourne Victory next year again? I don't know, actually. I, I haven't seen anything to suggest yeah. to suggest otherwise. I think it'd be really interesting to see her play um, next year with maybe Alex Shidek not playing in that midfield as well, so mm. might be more opportunities for her in that midfield, so I'm excited. And I do just want to make one point on the two things that you have both just said in your last uh, discussions. Firstly, uh, lucky when you were talking about the, the quality of having players who have played in the A-League women's in the MPLW, and I think that on the other side of the coin, when you look at Alamein and having Amy Jackson there kind of has that a very similar Oh, effect. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, Pakua, you were talking... Yeah, I, I very much agree with your assessment or your summation of Box Hill as a team that probably we would expect 
could be performing better than they have this season. I, 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 I feel like a spot in the finals is not unrealistic, is not an unreasonable aim. And in many ways, what Box Hill are lacking is what Alamein are so good at, is, is, is I feel like Alamein do get the best out of themselves. They're, they're a disciplined team, they're, they're sensible, they know their strengths and they're very well organised. Whereas Box Hill, they have those moments of brilliance and you see how good they could be, but it just... They haven't been able to string that together yeah, consistently. It's a bit too enough. rangy, isn't and it? That's, yeah. that's what's held them back. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? We'll move on to the next uh next game of the weekend. And that was Calder versus Heidelberg. Did you get the fixed scores right for this game too? Or no? Did you pick- yes, I did actually. Oh, did this you- I think I got We p- I picked the winner, I think. I got though. three three results out of four, but I only got two score lines. So these are this is the weekend, the three PM kickoffs, I was on fire. We won't talk about what happened in the rest of the yeah. weekend. But the three PM kickoffs, I was, you know, I was like Scrooge McDuck, just like swimming around in my pit of gold coins. I think I did say that Heidelberg would get in front and Calder would crawl. Calder would crawl their way back. See, but you haven't listened back to it, so you don't know that for sure. No, I do. I do. I said it was going to be two-two. So that. So I was. So you were wrong. You were. So I was wrong. You were right the about the flow of events, yeah, but wrong about right. the fun. Did I pick? Did I say not as impressive one? as it, Oscar? Did I say three-one? I can't remember. I can't yeah. Remember. <laughs> Something like that. Maybe. I'll this is probably why we should listen to the predictions <laughs> beforehand. But we should. That would be a really good idea. This week's episode, we just speculate about what we might have said last week. So yeah. that, that's the endless cycle. That's the next. The next week's show, we'll just predict again. Um. So Calder coming out two-one. Victors uh, against Heidelberg. If somebody would, well, lucky, you know, we'll start with you because we just speak to Oscar first. But the other game, what sure. do you think? Uh, how do you think the game went? Well, I mean, it's got off in the sort of um, perfect fashion for for Heidelberg in this case. They opened the scoring through a, a slightly controversial penalty, a handball call going uh, against Montana Matthews, I believe, uh, in the penalty box. I don't know how much she sort of knew about it. But we've had that happen on quite a number of, uh, of occasions. Um, you know, over, over the... Rossi? Oh, no, it was Alexis Rossi. Yeah. yeah, no, it was Alexis Rossi. You're, you're quite right. Um, yeah, but it, it was a controversial one. We've had a couple of those over the past few weeks. And then uh, somewhat to the, the surprise, I think, of a few who were watching on, uh, the resultant penalty kick was, uh, was given to, to, to Catherine Vlahopoulos to... Uh, to take rather than, you know, perhaps a, a Steph Galea, you know, the one of the players who are who are what's, locked in that uh locked in that shootout, is, Daniel the, Wise. Do we have the how, what is the shootout? What's the numbers looking like? I, I can't remember think, off the top of my head. I, get those up. I think last I last I checked they're still dead even. I mean they wouldn't have scored is, in is this that, game. Is, do you reckon that played into it a little bit? You know, to team. Yeah, like they're, a, if they're both scrapping for yeah, it, then neither can neither can pe- have it. I think ahead of this weekend it was Daniel Wise on fourteen and Steph Galea on eleven. So, oh well, she's broken clear. I think it's, so. It would therefore still be Danielle Wise on fourteen. Yes. On well, ca- well. Anyway, there was a bit of conjecture, at least from the outside looking in, as to oh, Catherine Vlahopoulos is yeah. taking the penalty. Interesting, but it mattered little in the end. She slotted it um, pretty calmly, and that sort of not not left Calder with a mountain to climb, with, but with a a challenge, I suppose, um, for them to you know to win the game, uh, retake top spot as well. Because yes, they've got that game in hand, but they would have given themselves a, a two-point lead at the top with the win. This, this game is just very colder of just, like, just slowly breaking teams down. Like, they don't beat you with a barrage of, like, four or five goals, like, just, like, really quick bursts of goals. Like, they will just, like, slowly break your will and you're just, like, and then eventually... They will grind you down yeah. so much that you'll have no match for their yeah. long-range prowess because in the second half, uh, Calder built back up and then Alana Cern... Well, well, 
let's announce, you know, her new, her new title. Alana. Yeah, well, th- this was, sorry, this was pre, this was before yeah, uh, Alana Sohn became the inaugural, which d- literally just happened today. Congratulations, uh, Alana. Uh, became the inaugural signing for Western United's W League squad. So we've been theorizing and speculating all yeah. this time about what would this colder Western United co- uh, connection, what would it lead to, where would it culminate? Well, where, you know, how much would yeah. it, uh, how much would it resemble the colder squad, the Western United uh, A League Women's squad? And we're seeing one step at the moment. We're a hundred percent colder Western crossover. Yes, there's one player, but it still counts. Uh, but one you know, player. she maybe she knew going into this game, and she had a sort of had a bit of a pep in her step. Or what she definitely had was a a rocket in her in her right foot because she hit strike. an unbelievable, unbelievable goal uh, at at the Ven into the bottom right corner to to level things up. And I think that that really set the tone. I think for a, for a grandstand sort of final twenty five minutes for Calder because. Yeah, the the winning goal. They ended up uh, pulling another spectacular finish out of the bag. Yeah, it was. It's like they were having a competition amongst mm. themselves. I really felt like the colder. You know, they were like, like you know, what you can do that, but I can do this better. And I actually want to know whose goal do you think was better, um, Alana Churn? I Churn. I, I look at me pronunciation today. Is I think. Is it? I think Emma Robers was better. I, yeah. We didn't we didn't really get to so, get sure. to describe it, but basically, you know, late stage of the game, uh, a, cro- a free kick gets sent in towards the back post by Alana Churn. There's a bit of a scramble on the penalty on the edge of the penalty area. The ball just spills, and on the half volley, Emma Robers just unleashes this strike from the edge of the D that ends up in the bottom right. I mean, uh, of all the ways you could possibly hope to to win a game, uh, that's that's about. As well, was, I dare reaction, say, as you could possibly do it. Her reaction was quite like was just a moment of like, whoa. Yeah, I get I, that. I mean, I, I think I think that's the better of the two mm. goals, I but think in isolation, that goal is better as well, as well as the context of the game. Okay, I think the, 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 the I am curious to know where you guys volume. would rank it in in goal of the season contention as well, because let's not forget. I mean, Alana Chern scored a soon. Jury's out. I'll have to speak to her. Uh, Alana Cern, that's what I'm going to roll with because it's what I used before, uh, scored a great goal in this game. She also scored a, an absolute rocket uh, earlier this year against Effie Emerging in a 5 new win. Uh, Melissa Taranto did the exact same thing. I think... Uh, I think Sarah, Yeah, it was. I, Sarah Kane, I remember. Uh, I can still remember Taryn Heddo's call of Sarah Kane scoring. No, in fact, it was... Um, Bella Seward's, sorry, uh, scoring that equaliser against South Melbourne from all of 30, 35 yards. I mean, there, there has been some real quality. I'm, I'm interested to know where you guys would rank this against what else you've I, seen this year. I, I think I'd have to, like, re-watch some of them. But mm. I think her goal earlier this season, I think, is a little bit more impressive. Yeah, um, I don't I, think we realised at the time just how, how, good, how good far out that goal was. I like that goal a lot. I was a big mm. fan of that. Um, I mean, we're also ignoring the fact that she's got five goals for the year. She's a central defender. defender. Yeah, she's been phenomenal, and she's part of like a key part of that. Probably the best defense we've seen. Yeah. in this competition, she's and a central defender. She scored five goals. She's nineteen. She's not. That's so weird. Do you know you saying that now? Like I knew it, but I didn't like you know really like you don't mm. really process information. Mm. The fact that she's not I feel like you do get that a bit in this league where you're yeah. like, oh, you're you're extremely right. young. Yeah. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked that for picked you that. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, she's got a bright future, and yeah. you know, 
look forward to seeing her in the uh, A-League Women's next year with Western United and see what they bring because obviously this side is this colder side is incredible defensively. Can they? Are they going to bring these play these this defensive back line to the MPL uh, sorry A League Women's? And if so, how well can they do? And uh, how long? How well can they stand up against some of these? You know, some of these better players. If we're being honest, because a lot of you know A League Women's players have gone to the MPL Sydney MPLW Sydney. So it would be interesting to see how that all you know evens itself. The out. good old MPLW Sydney, as they call it. No, that's fine. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. No, can I be honest with okay. you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I am not feeling well, and I just feel <laughs> like it's a bit rude of you just to be so mean to me on air while I'm suffering here. I was going, I've allowed you on my Remember, show. you're only a guest, I, yeah, and Pekura is the overlord. No, I take it back, I'm sorry. Poku. No, she, she, she hurts me. Like, Poku. Why, why would you be like that, Oscar? <laughs> I think it's also an interesting uh, test of no, Mark Torcaso's coaching to see how whether whether that can translate no, into... No, you know what? He's not allowed on the show anymore. I'm just going to ignore so just... your, your question and, and okay. skim past no, it no, no, right. and, and say... I'm not feeling the best. Leave me alone, man. Okay, I will. Thank you. I'm sorry, Pakua. You should be. It's my show. I feel like I need to break up like a frosty <laughs> dynamic here. I can't believe I have to be the light here. Yeah. I'm so often the shade. I'm not. Yeah, okay. A- anyway, before we move on, <laughs> d- does anyone else want to submit a potential goal of the season uh, contender? Because... There wasn't Olympico this weekend. That's true. I mean, there was technically two. I think Bellas. No, I think true. Bella Seward's Bella uh, mm. two, goal in the 2-0 in the win over South at Lakeside was... It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'll tell you a goal, a goal that's like probably not, but it was a really good goal that I liked. I don't know if we talked about it a lot. It was uh, Francesca Iamano's goal a few weeks ago where she was like, it just she was like out, oh, I can't remember who they were playing, but uh, she's on the right-hand side and she's kind of crossed it in. It was just like a... It was like out of nowhere. It was very oh against against Bayside. Yeah. It was against yeah. Bayside. I know exactly the goal you're talking about. The, 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 I think that's a very I really like that's that a pretty good shout. Yeah. Yeah. Bella Stringfellow scored a decent goal a couple of weeks ago in her hat trick against Bayside too. Yep. Uh, there was a great winner for South Melbourne for uh, Katrina Tolios. Corinne Tolios. Yeah. Corinne Tolios. Yeah, a few against weeks ago. That that. Uh, Alamein. Yeah, it, it was yep. against Alamein. Or yeah. was a drawing goal, I think. It yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a level yeah. against Alamein. That that was up there as well. I, I just really wouldn't overlook how good that Emma Robes goal was, though. I was so impressed by it, just in mm. terms of the multiple times. Like how good was the was the flick over the head to set it up and then struck it yeah, so it sweetly. Good. That was unstoppable. That was as good a goal in terms of what is a, I, I would say a replicable skill, something that you practice rather than a freak incident. I she think... absolutely nailed it. it was, no, it was you're not remarkable. wrong there, and I think we'll have the. Own goal of the season contender mm. when we get to our final game, the second last game we talk about. Well, f- final question for yeah, you guys about this game. The, the upshot, it, this probably you would imagine, barring any stuns, it probably wraps up the, the premiership for Cold. I mean, Heidelberg have given it a good fist yeah, to get it to just three games. I, they are still a mathematical chance, but. You start to look at it as, you know, Calder win their game in hand. They beat Box Hill. That's something you'd expect them to do, even Bayside. though they even though they have dropped points against Box Hill uh, earlier this season, very earlier this season. I think it was the opening day that they had a draw there. Um, but you'd expect them to win both of those games. They have a five-point lead if they win the catch-up game. And then they play Bayside. And then they play Bay- Bayside as yeah. well. The, Heidelberg have done well to, to stretch it to within sort of three games to end the season, but this is probably... 
That's probably bad, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's it should mm. be and unless something like out of a little bit extraordinary. And I say that just because of how straight how great colder mm. season has been. Yeah, unless something cold as like I don't know, fall asleep and they don't play a game. I think it's pretty wrapped up now. I do just have one more thought. I've just had a, a, a potential theory as to the Heidelberg penalty taker situation. Perhaps that's John O'Clemente abdicating responsibility from having to choose between his two golden boot competitors and saying, I'm not going to get involved. I think that Kath Flahopoulos should take the penalties. I think it should so- have been rock, paper, scissors to decide it personally. Do you remember when uh, Jess Fishlock and Kim Little did that? In the uh, W League Grand Final, yeah, I think it was 2015. I'll allow the W League, by the way. Yeah. Well, it was, it was W League, League then. Sorry, that's the that's the reason I was uh, I was referring yeah. to yeah, it yeah, in no, its I, uh, I, original form. No. No, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just sorry that just uh, sparked. I to just mind. feel like but, now, if you know retroactively think about, I think Kim Little should you know always be taking. No, I agree. Kim I Little agree. is the goat, but you know. It's, yeah, I mean, as someone who used to support Arsenal and someone who I presently supports hear. Scotland, uh, <laughs> there's a few players that I like more than, yeah, uh, than Kim Little. Um, she's actually currently in America at the moment mm. um, on loan. But we'll head to the next game of the weekend. It was Bayside, uh, Bayside hosted, uh, no, where's that host? Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. FC Bullying Lions at, at uh, Kingston no, Heath. My vision went, don't worry. Look at 3.30 like p.m. This was where yeah. I got the result right, scoreline wrong. Yeah, I got the margin right, but you don't get points for the margin. It would have been hard to get 4-0, like perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Bayside, uh, they didn't score. You know, I'm I'm currently on the watch of will Bayside score. That's my favourite game mm. at the moment. It's been my favourite side uh, mission. Uh, of, the, of the MPL, uh, <laughs> the LWU. But uh, <laughs> Boleyn managed to score four. And Oscar, what did you think of the game this weekend? Well, look, I don't know how much there is to say about when we see Bayside get beaten comprehensively as we have a number of times this season. I mean, I think it's an important result for Boleyn just to, uh, as contributing to getting a roll on as they head towards towards the finals, um, bouncing back from their loss against Calder as well. So I think that it came in a good time for Berlin just to get back in the winner's circle and get that good feeling going again because we've seen them in the second half of the season drop off a little bit. They haven't quite managed to maintain that same standard that we saw in the first half of the of the season when they were keeping pace with, with uh, Heidelberg and, and Calder. So I, I think watch out for Berlin really is what, I, is what I'm trying to say is if they can get that... As I say, get that momentum flowing again, really start feeling like they're ready to compete at the highest level in this division, then there's no reason that they can't run either Heidelberg or Calder right to the line uh, when in the actual final series. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And looking at their like their goal scorers, it's it's just a lot of the usual sub, um, suspects because Lana Byrne, Flanich, Jankowski, just... Every time you turn around, every time you like think of Bulleen playing well, they're the players that come to your mind like most, like pretty, like, probably the forefront of your mind. So, mm. yeah, it's I, good that they're you know in the goal scoring action and heading into the really like the critical part of the season. Yeah, and and maybe a good thing for them that they, at least on the evidence of this game, taking a, a bit of example out of the the book of Calder United as well because that opening goal from Alana Byrne. I mean, we were pontificating about goal of the season contenders. Mm. And I don't think that opening goal was a million miles away, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, uh, TJ Vlanich had a pretty impressive chip 
yeah. uh, over the top of the of the the Bayside keeper, Something Lauren Ferrugia. Yeah, it, we yeah, really were treated to quite a spectacular weekend, and the midweek game wasn't half bad either, actually. But I think that one was probably more. I'm going to be a bit not harsh, maybe maybe uncharitable, and say that that was a, a bit fortuitous, perhaps that that chip over the top of Lauren Ferrugia. I hope uh, mm. TJ Flanich, if she's listening. Uh, isn't too uh, upset by my my suggestion of that one. No, I th- you might be having harsh, but you know what? Football is subjective when you're talking about which is what you like better and not. I think that that aspect is subjective. Oscar, you looking at me like that? Um, but uh, for Bayside, another. I don't know what's going on. Hey, you know what? There's beef today. There's beef. You know what? Lockie, There's a lot of I'm going to be honest with you, Lockie. I don't know if he'll be back next week. I'm gonna Me? I'm going to him. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I, I was gonna say we're, we're going to like head to an ad break. The graphic's going to come up and then the graphic's going to go away and Oscar's just going to have a black eye. Right. It's like, what's, what's I don't believe the violence. Yeah. People, I don't just believe the violence. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Bayside, just uh, another really difficult game for them and... But yeah, they have their moments, you know. Where actually, yeah, it, it just reminded me with Bayside, um, yeah. the difficulty of of this season. Obviously, is this potentially a good chance? And this is a this is a sort of topic of discussion without notice. But I think it's a as good a time as any to to inject it into the fold. Uh, the news that yeah. uh, that broke over over the weekend that we'll have four. Potentially, um, depending on licensing requirements being met and all that sort of stuff, uh, four new teams coming into the NPLW from next season. So, Bayside may be getting some much-needed uh, company potentially teams who they'll be like, oh, maybe we can, uh, yeah. we can, we can get a, a result against uh, these two. It's still up in the air as to who those four will be. Well, I mean, Preston and Burundara, you can pretty much guarantee, guarantee Southern United. But then the fourth spot is still a bit. Up for grabs? As an individual from the city of Casey, I would love to see the case come. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. You know, I mean, they're in fourth. Yeah, I would I would like that to happen. They are in the right place at they are, not the right time. They are, my lo- they are my local club, I guess, if we, you know. Um, so I would like to see that happen for Casey Comments, you know, for the... I mean, I think I, th- I think from a... I'd like everybody's house to travel, travel down to where we are instead of us always mm. having to travel far. And I think the, the results uh, are one thing, but you also have to, you know, consider yeah. the sort of um, eligibility for being an MPLW club. And I actually think that of those kind of teams that are competing for a spot, Casey's probably... Casey Comments would be up there in yeah. terms of aptitude. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I would love to see South Yarra finish in that fourth spot and be able Lucky to do NPLW games ten minutes away from my house. <laughs> but I, I mean, yet. I mean, it, yeah. South Yarra play with with all due respect. They play at Faulkner Park. It's a public park. Yeah. The games that are filmed in the in the VPL women's that they currently play are filmed from from pitch level. They would need to do a power oh, wow. of work to really get that sort of up to the standard of uh, of even some of the. Um, lower end grounds in, in the top flight that would still be but, be in advance of of a, a, a Faulkner Park. But, you know, those teams may be in the third and fourth position, especially given we know the struggles that Southern had last time they were in the NPLW. Bayside might be looking at that and thinking, well, you know, it's not been a great year for us this year, but next year might be a little bit more I, competition down the foot of the table. Maybe they, even something they, different they, altogether. There might be some, like, competition... 
But I also think with the likes of Preston coming up, you know, if, oh, yeah. if anybody has seen Preston, if you know, if you guys have been watching Preston this season, they are a scary side. I mean, and I think they th- honestly, I they, they are competing very highly if they were in the MPL uh, yeah. right now. Like, like you, you wouldn't be shocked to see Preston become a top half, no. even no. a top fourteen within their first no, season. I mean, they have got players. They've got the right infrastructure, coaching, yeah. players, just a really committed team, and they, they they probably attract a lot of really great uh, A League women's players who are coming. Down yeah, the road. well, well, I mean that they've not only not only that, but they've got players who many of them have CVs of playing at a decent yeah. level with good NPLW clubs who have dropped down because of the allure and the prestige of um of playing at Preston, using Preston's facilities, but also the you know the 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 rumor as well is that there might be some of those players who are actually good enough to even qualify for that A-League yeah. women's level potentially. So, the, you know, Preston are, are by, by no stretch of the imagination. I mean, Mel, Mel Garcia, uh, who's now moved on from Preston, um, is, a, is a former Heidelberg United legend. But the reason she's moved on from, from Preston is because she's into a professional deal yeah. in, in Iceland. So, yeah, I, I'm really... I didn't know how many teams were going to be promoted into the top flight, but I think I think four is Four's is quite number. exciting. I think that'll bring some sort of much needed, uh, yeah. not just competition, but also ver- variety of like what we can as as fans, as watchers of the NPLW, we what narratives we can sort of invest in because yeah. at, at the moment, particularly this might change with the Western partnership as well. At the moment, it's Will Calder win yeah. most likely finals race and we don't have much else so the the i think this will bring some much needed um yeah variance to the league and i think it's important to remember that as kind of the salient point in all of this is how beneficial having four new teams will be for the division as a whole full stop but especially as we're as we're talk as we're discussing and preston is a prime example of that of of footballing institutions uh football clubs with with power and with with uh some kind of reputation and ability to attract more eyes and to spice up the MPLW here in Victoria. So you've got, you know, obviously footballing institutions like Preston Lions and then particularly in the women's game in this state where I'm looking at the likes of Southern United and, and, and Casey Comets as well. How how that, that makes, I suppose, the MPLW feel more whole as a, as, as a competition and as a reflection of women's football in this state. Well, and also the other, the other thing that I just thought, because you mentioned Southern United... Is next year going to be the first time that we see an NPLW player also be an NPLW match caller? Because oh. Melissa Barbieri has had a brilliant season for Southern United. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the points that they have earned or in some cases saved have been uh, because of the performances that she's put in. I mean, we know she's dropped down from South in the NPLW to play mm. with Southern United. So... It, how does that affect the uh, the commentary the commentary <laughs> landscape? Will she be commentating while playing? Can we get her <laughs> mic'd up as a Southern United up. keeper? I'm not sure if we have the facilities for that. The cameras from Bubs's goal, like. But again, you're, you're talking about on her head as you're talking head. about variance, the the injection of, of fresh narratives, and even if it is a um, slightly silly one, I mean, not that you expect anything else from me, but, um, the, you know, the potential to have someone who who is calling the games and also playing in the games, not at the same time, but separately, is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? I think well, that was a great chat. Really good. 
Do you know what? But there is one more. There was one more game. There was one more game for this weekend. There was one more game. For, I feel like we. I was wanted to. Well, there's a few games. Great chat, really so good. But let's move on, on from what guys. you two blatherers have that was to really say. Really nice. Good job. That's yep, great. Continue. Um, so we had uh, FE emerging uh, hosting uh, South Melbourne and. FE Emerging came out 6-2 uh, victors. Even though the scoreboard... Didn't get the score in this one, I'm going to be honest. Didn't even get the result in this one. You didn't get the... What do you mean you didn't get the result? Prediction-wise. Oh, you did prediction. Oh. Yeah. I'm still playing. You're Some still of playing. us listened back to the predictions <laughs> yeah, we made. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, even though the scoreboard did tell you a different score for much of the first half, uh, Oscar, you did do the game, so you mm. probably knew the score the whole time. Some people at home maybe didn't. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I, I would like I should to say, hope that Oscar would yeah, know the score well, I was going to say, time. when FE were piling in the goals of the second half, I was starting to get worried that I'd forgotten one or, or taken one. That, anyway, that's not important. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, FE emerging, running over the top, really, of South Melbourne. I thought South started the game better than FE emerging, so that's when they got their opening goal. But really from about the half... I, I will say that own goal from South... Could Indeed. be own goal of the season contender. It was quite spectacular. It was really unfortunate for Mila Bullich. It was very spectacular. It was an attempt to clear the ball. She caught it sweet. It went way high up in the air over the goalkeeper. And then, the you know, it's really unfortunate that it bounced where it did and ended up in the back of the net because just like a few centimetres further forward or further back, and it would have either bounced over the top or just come off the crossbar or something. So it was extreme misfortune for, for Mila Bullich. Uh, for for that for that opening goal, but it wasn't undeserved. I didn't think for South to be to be in front from the half hour mark of the first half. Though I thought FE Emerging were playing like the better team, and that persisted for really the remainder of the game. They got their equaliser. South scored the, their second against the run of play. It was from a corner. It was an Olympico, if you will, from Akisha Sandu. Another spectacular goal that we saw this I weekend. I will say, great. Really nice corner. Mm. There was some questionable goalkeeping occurring, goalkeeping occurring in that moment, I will be honest with you. But then the second half, it was a different game. FE Emerging came out and absolutely ran over the top of South Melbourne. Uh, as someone who was physically present, I can attest to the fact that the conditions were challenging, to put it lightly. The camera was blown over at half time from its standing position. Such was the wind at Knox Regional Football Centre. Uh, and... How much of a factor was it? I can't say, but it was certainly blowing in Effie Emerging's well, direction and made it very difficult for South Melbourne to escape from their own half. I mean, South Melbourne was certainly happy to contend with that reality. Their, their full-time post did, did, did suggest that, uh, you know, the Emerging ran out comfortable winners in the end with the aid of a, a huge second-half wind. I mean, it, it was significant. It was significant was when Jenna Farrow's trying the... to do like a long goal kick up the park. It doesn't really go mm. very far. I guess. I guess what I'm driving at though was was it a was it a, a four goal was it a four goal wind five was it a five goal wind? Is there such thing as a five goal wind? Uh, it was in the forty, mate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it I. Oh, you I, can say no. Yeah, you really can. Or yes. Just have your own convictions. It's a very I'm simple such an question. Agreeable on this, on this show, we, we, we like to have our own opinions. So if you would like to disagree with Lockie, you're more than welcome to do that. It was, mm. I, I believe <laughs> that it, it was possible for South to have not conceded five goals in that second half. <laughs> wow. Sensational stuff there, Thank Oscar. You. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm here for the hard takes. Well, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not exactly how, how alarmed would you be 
if you were South to have suffered this result. Obviously, it they have would have to be pretty much perfect. They'd have to win all of their games to end the season to give themselves a chance. They are probably long odds at this point. FE emerging, on the other hand, not so. Does it? Does this kind of result or the performance? I think more importantly give them sort of cause for concern going into, the, you know, probably the most important game of their season this coming Sunday in the Nike FC Cup final? Well, it reinforced uh, a, a consistent message, I think, with South this season. I mean, so there were a couple of really key absences from the South lineup, uh, being uh, Caitlin Pickett and being Yana uh, uh, J- J- Lawson, sorry, she so was suspended. Two, who was suspended, yeah. yes, that's right. So a couple of key attacking absences for South Melbourne. Mm. Uh, you know, you see that in the lineup before the game, you're going, is it going to be really tough for South to create opportunities to score? And the answer is, as much as their goals were, were freak goals, that didn't look like their downfall. Downfall. They were able to get into dangerous positions. They could have scored goals and they did score goals. And, and I didn't feel like that was what was holding South back. The thing that held South back... On, on Sunday, and as has been the case really this season, was that their defence was leaky, was that they, they weren't solid enough at the back, and FE Emerging were able to exploit that. They scored five goals in the second half. That wasn't undeserved by any means. They were peppering the goal, putting lots of pressure on Jenna Farrow, and, and that's ultimately been what has let South down this season. Uh, so kind of the, the opposite, if you will, heading into Sunday of, of their opponents colder. Uh, I, I think it does... I think what that means, though, is is that it's not outside the realm of possibility for South to spring an upset on Sunday. In so far as they're they're capable of scoring, they're capable. Of, it is against the strongest defense in the league, uh, one of the strongest defenses we've ever seen. But they're capable of getting on the score sheet. From which point, you know, throw everybody behind the ball, for example, and try to defend. So I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion what happens on Sunday. Even though South's league campaign has. Large, you know, the, they play Hartleberg and Calder the next two weeks in the league. The odds of them making finals are pretty mm. much shot. So, and that that is a product of an ineffective defence. You're not wrong there, Oscar. And uh, sorry, you just I got caught. I thought you're Lock- not right though. I was say, I was. I thought Lockie was about to speak, so I like. Well, I mean, if, if you're ready to to move no, on with no, this no. game, I do actually have one more thing to add course, about the fixture. Uh, something that that caught my. Uh, I on the uh, on the starting eleven for this game, a, a player who mm. we thought had been lost to South Melbourne's NPLW and Nike FC Cup campaigns for the remainder of this season after she announced that her game in the Nike FC Cup final for South Melbourne against Heidelberg would be her last for the year. Cat uh, Goff, uh, well, she was back. She was. She started this game, she and was. it looks like the. Uh, the the bite of South Melbourne never never left her that that uh, you know brief stretch that she had away and she's back she's uh, looking like she's going to um to to see at the rest of the season I mean we were speaking um off air to Caitlin Pickett before about the about the cup final about Cat Goff and basically you know she told us that you know, Goffy stopped playing, but she's she hasn't left the group chats. It's the love of the game. She hasn't stopped turning up to the games. She pretty much hadn't given up, and they almost knew that she was at some point going to come back. She did in this game, and while it wasn't, you know, an inclusion that led to the result on the day, it is still a big boost to to have a, a leader like that returning uh, ahead of a cup final. Because let's not forget, 
Cat Goff is the most senior player in this South Melbourne team. At, at 26, she's somehow the yeah. oldest in in the squad, which is quite remarkable. But yeah. a, a good to see her back and a, a good boost for South uh, heading into the match against Calder. And if I can say, you could see how much she relished being back because that that started the game she was running so high she was physical she was into contests and challenges and, and you know got her head over the footy uh but nice uh yeah and it was great to see her and and in the nick of time for south of course missing those other two two attacking mm. outlets yes well it looks like caitlin pickett will be back for this yes. sunday jana lawson has served her suspension so they're all yeah. All the inclusions all, coalescing to back. create a, a potential headache for Calder. Right, no, yeah. They really are. And, uh, but you know what, though? I feel like maybe she like she said to herself, you know, I think this is it. But then she's just to hype herself up even more for that game against Heidelberg. Uh, and, then, and then she was just like, you know mm. what? For the love of the game. Well, look, on. I think if you don't leave the group chat, yeah. You're not going to you leave. You're not going to you leave the playing, yeah, are you? That's what Caitlin Pickett told us. That mm. she, didn't, she never left the group chat. And I feel like until the group chat has been left, until, you know, you've done that final, like, washing of, you, yeah. you know, of your kit and, you know, it's packed away. That's true. Have you really left is the question we need to ask. Yeah, learn. I feel like the consensus is if, if you, you know, if you can't leave the group chat, which is that's the bit that's going to yeah, keep you hooked. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were never really trying she to leave, South, were you? The South kid on her mannequin at home just looking at she it. She was looking at it. She walked she in. Got she got home and she was like... Look at it. There was dramatic music in the background, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what? Like, you know, she turned to... Like, it wasn't... The mannequin wasn't facing her the <laughs> I first can't. Time. I can't. I can't do it again. And then the mannequin one day... <laughs> You're making Cat Goff sound like Batman. <laughs> no, Cat Goff might as well be Batman. I was also thinking Frozone, but you know, either way. Pretty cool, pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. Is that why she wasn't playing? Because Cat Goff actually lost her super suit. Her no. South Melbourne suit was in the wash. Gosh, yeah. Where's my Why do you need to know? <laughs> we need to stop with these yeah. We need That's to be better. We are better than this. We just need time. to stop generally, I think. Uh, but the final game of the Wolves. It wasn't of the weekend, weekend, but it was sort of, of, all, of the week, of, of the ones we haven't covered. Of yesterday, but from June 25th, it was the match weekend, actually, I believe. Yeah, it was June 25th, match nice. weekend. I'll, I'll back you in. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now, and I believe that is correct. Perfect. Uh, it was played last night um, at the Veneto Club. I don't know why I said it like that. I, I liked it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I'll try. I'll be, we'll find Not one. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But not right either. Um, I feel like I need to start sitting in the middle of the future. <laughs> keep you apart. But uh, FC Berlin Lions came out 4-2 victors over FV Emerging. FV Emerging, a bit of a, a, a weird weekend. You know, started with the high being South Melbourne 6-2 and then, meow, just to that 4-2, uh, that 4-2 loss to uh, Berlin. What were your... Guys, what we thought of the game? I, I can't remember who I started with well, last time. So. look, I'm not going to profess to claim a heap of in-depth knowledge about this game, mainly because I was at, on the uh, Australia Cup Twitter space at the time covering uh, Melbourne Victory Western you, United, so I didn't get to... Do you cover sh- football, Lockie? I'm not going to say what I was going to say because we'd have to use <laughs> the... the Australia I'd Cup have to Twitter? use the bleeper button and I don't want to give myself too much work yeah. to do. Um, but I, I was I was watching the uh, the Australia Cup game between those two, so I didn't get the chance to, to watch... This one lie, but it seemed on the face of it, having watched back the uh, the highlights and looked at the stats, like it was just a really, yeah. really good game, um, and and a quick sort of a quick fire game. Like it it didn't explode the whole time. It wasn't just this one big fire, but it just had sort of 
different patches of the game where it seemed to explode because once uh, once FC Bullion Lions took the lead uh, on the 21st minute through a really not actually well-composed goal, I thought, from Bullion down the right flank, uh, the ball comes in. Rosie Roger with the sort of presence of mind to let it roll across to, to TJ Vlanich, who finished um, pretty comfortably in the end pl- past Charlotte for Horrison. Well, they managed to score a goal three minutes after that. And then, yeah, there was a bit of a, a bit of a lull, and then Effie emerging, got their goal, they got a lifeline back into the contest, and then within minutes as well, they had leveled. So it, it, it wasn't constantly, there weren't spot fires everywhere, but when this game was going, it was it was going it's, off. Yeah, it was very Effie emerging-like to just find their way back into a game and you've not really figured out how they've done it, because they haven't been very convincing, but they've just kind of, and I think the bullying kind of allowed them in this game to get back in, because I think... Bullying are the, like the better of the two sides comfortably, and had they just been a little bit more mm. you know, composed, I don't think FE emerging. I, I, would I come do back. like that you've indirectly coined the phrase FE emerging energy. Have I it's like that? the vibe of oh, FE. Okay. It's like very FV energy, you know, to do is, that. What is FV emerging energy? It's Good just question. Young and just uh, living their best life, and you know what? Taking. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you do get that a bit with FV emerging. They are under. Helen Winterburn, who we should add, became the inaugural assistant coach for Mark yes. Torcaso at Western United. Um, very good news. Very richly deserved. Big uh, news from Western today. Yeah, like they're making making yeah. all the moves. Um, they kind of have to. That is what happens <laughs> when you create a club, but you don't have any of the assets needed to actually run the club. But I'm, I'm enjoying it nonetheless. The assets. Yeah. It's very depersonalized. <laughs> Look at me. You can tell the football manager player in the room. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Great asset you will be, uh, Alana said. Um, they're very committed to their approach. Like, FV Emerging clearly have an idea of the kind of player. They want to be molding and developing and clearly those ideals are set up, are agreed, and they're not too willing to sort of break away from that. And I think we saw this sort of come to a head with the third goal for FC Bullion Lions because FE Emerging almost always, without fail, will attempt to play the ball out of their, their back four and it will always start with Charlotte Horrison. It will get knocked around that back four until they can try and find a sort of a gap in the midfield line and then they can sort of overload the, the, the forward areas and the wide areas. And it's work sometimes. I do enjoy watching FE Emerging games, but I think on the other side of the coin, we have seen them concede quite a few goals in that manner where they do lose the ball as they're trying to progress it out from the back and that ends up costing them. And to be honest, it's, it's just sometimes it's look, okay. Like yeah. that's okay. It's sometimes that's okay. Watching FE, it's it's like they they know the system, but sometimes when the really really difficult moments, they don't trust the system. Mm. And I and I you see that a lot with FE when they concede goals from the back and they're trying to play out. They just like they don't trust the next pass and trust somebody's mm. going to be there for them. And then they and it's, they kind of just it breaks up the play really quickly. Yeah, and it's particularly in that back third of the pitch. And I think that's the the crucial thing is because what once they get into the the midfield third and, and the front third, they they can do some yeah, really really impressive stuff. I mean, the goals they 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 put together. Um, Rosie Curtis scoring the the goal that got them back into the game, and then Sarah Kane getting back to back goals uh, for her for the leveler. I mean, they were the, impressive. They came as a result of of decent decent passing sequences, but. Yeah, I mean, they would have loved to have gotten a draw against Bullying again in this game, but they weren't able to do it. I mean, it doesn't really matter because they're still in with a very good shot of um it's of, be... of taking that fourth spot off Alamein. 
No, it's going to be a really interesting uh, final few games. I believe we've got three more games yep. left for this season. Yes. Very exciting heading into finals. But you know what? There is a finals coming. And it's... Just one sec. Just one sec. Because I just want to make one more point. I'm sorry. I just want to make one more point, which is to say... Just you wanna, you, sorry, is he allowed to make that? Yeah, yeah you're right. It. Am I allowed to? Go for it. Fantas- I appreciate it. My overlord. Um, <laughs> so cool. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, no, I forgot my point. Um, if we talk about trends which have undermined teams' seasons and if, if, if it's South Melbourne and their defence, I think for FBA Emerging, and this isn't unique to FBA Emerging, but I think they're the best representative of an inconsistency and how inconsistent teams can be, I think, in this division, especially because of the prominence of young players. And, of course, FE Emerging are the epitome of young, are the epitome of, of young players. And so I think we see that reflected in their results. I mean, even the last few weeks, I'm looking back and going, they, they lost to Valine, they beat South Melbourne, they lost to Heidelberg, they beat Calder. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just flipping back and forth. I mean, they lost to Bayside two weeks before they beat Calder. Like, it's their best is very good. They just... It, the the I guess the question mm. is lessening the gap between the best their best yeah. and their worst. And and look, part of that as well is is down to the fact that this is a squad that is always going to be fluctuating. Yes, like they they bring a lot of players in and out of the side. Yeah. The you know the older heads of this side twenty two, twenty three, eighteen, nineteen, but the youngest can be you know fifteen, it's, sixteen. I, I guess it's for a, I guess for a v, you know obviously they would you know. Like every team would love to win the league, but but their measure of success is different to other teams' measure of success. And and having their players from their their squad go and play for you know the under like under twenties like you know the the Australia like yeah the I mean Matilda, I mean young Matilda squad that's that's a measure of success exactly. for them. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about success on a on a ladder position, and they'll they'll come back to us and they'll say, well, Caitlin Carrich, uh, Alana Cordellino. Yeah, uh, Silver Bell Morris, Isabella Ricardo, all in Young and yeah. Junior Matildas and selection, uh, and that's what's more important to yeah. them. And mm. and I I think that's you know like beneficial for like the the wider football system. Like if pay plays from them are getting those opportunities and you know developing those skills early on, you know it would be nice to have more consistency. But obviously they're they're in a different position to everybody mm. else. Well, it's kind of part of the parcel of the team yeah. there, and. That's okay. It is. And the success that they've had this season is absolutely testament to Helen Winterburn's coaching. The fact that they're able to get as many positive results as they are and play as well as they do when they're on, I think is is one of the most impressive coaching jobs in the division, to be completely frank. I really think so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they go for the rest of the season with their three games left and see if they can make it into uh, finals. But, you know what, there is a finals this weekend, a, there's a final, final singular. Well, the combination of finals. Finals. There is there is another one on Saturday. We don't speak about on the show, and there's one on. We've Sun- already done we, our plug. We, yeah. we, <laughs> we don't care anymore. And there's one on Sunday that we do really love and care about. And someone on the show today, Lockie Flanagan, will be uh, on the on the broadcast. Uh, yeah, so we'll, I will be there. We'll um, hear the sweet sounds of Lockie Flanagan telling yep. us the facts, delivering you the uh, the mood and the atmosphere from yeah. the, uh, mm. the 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 sideline. It, it's it's a great if you're after um, credentialed NPLW Victoria figures. It is the the place to be, really. Yeah. Um, Play by play call. If you, I mean, the place to be at the end of the day is, is the Valley you know, is the Valley Park Events Centre. 
Um, but if you can't make it there, you can watch the game on, uh, on Optus. It'll also be on Facebook really and YouTube. Cool. So it's on Optus Sport for the second, second year running. Year That's running, a yeah. great result. Who was doing the call this uh, Joey Lynch, so one of the most um, experienced, I think, NPLW callers. That's not fair to say. I think it's a fact to say that. But I will also be very lucky to be joined by Gabby Garten. So Melbourne Victory and FC Bullion Lions keeper uh, recently returned from a maternity leave and Heidelberg United head coach Jono Clemente will also be there. So, yes, I'll be on the sidelines delivering you all the little... uh, You'll be you a know, radio dumpers. Nitty, the, the bits that you miss when you are foolish enough to stay at home. Oh, I do joke. Please watch the stream. I would love as many people to be watching me um, as possible because I'm a narcissist, but also because <laughs> I think it'll be a great game. Honestly, I do think it's going to be a great game. And we, we did speak to Caitlin Pickett about it, and she's looking forward to the game. And I, they, you know, she said that the semi final was was probably the highlight of the season, but to even to win would be, you know, would ultimately be the best. And I'm excited to see that team play. Mm. I would like to see South win. You know, Colts won it too many times. They reckon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think they're staring down the barrel of a fifth consecutive, um, fifth consecutive Nike FC Cup win. Obviously, these two sides met one another in the previous year's instalment of the Nike FC Cup final. It ended quite convincingly in favour of. Um, of South Melbourne, oh sorry, in favour of Calder, although it was a very different South Melbourne side that took the field to the one that featured in the regular season. This one's probably a bit more akin to that side in the sense that it is very very young. But I guess the fundamental question about this game for me is because it goes without saying that Calder go in as favourites, you expect them to win, but how much can how much can South Melbourne kind of separate? And you do see teams show their capability to do this in football sometimes, separate their league performance and results from their cup performance and results because their cup performance and results have been, I mean, frankly, excellent. Yes, they did play, they did get to the final through what was quite a weakened field. They played a lot of state league sides. They obviously drew the only state league side remaining in the sort of uh, the quarters and they, swept aside Caroline Springs, George Cross pretty easy, I think 16-0. But the Heidelberg performance was yeah, was probably no, the best is, game this, I've seen them play all year. And if they can replicate that in the final, they've got a chance. Because I, their second half performance against Heidelberg was really good. Like it wasn't like a fluke. Like like obviously there was a, a sliding doors moment with uh, Danielle Wise, I believe, who hit the crossbar, I think, or she just missed. She missed just past the just, apex yeah, of just, goal. Yeah, just past. And... That was like sliding doors moment. But in that second half when they came out, they were the better of the two sides and it wasn't like it wasn't close. And I think that they have shown, you know, as you just stated before, Lockie, that they can separate it. Can they do it for one more game, the biggest game? I'm not sure, but I, I would like to see them do it because I would I want a, I want a really competitive game. I don't want to see, you know, colder win by four or five nil. Like I want to see competitive and I think if it, they can get it to be competitive and keep it at nil all and it be a shootout, mm-hmm. like real, like close to the end, then South Melbourne have just as much chance as, you know, mm. as anybody else if they were playing. And I think the thing worth remembering about the, the semi-final win against Heidelberg was that was right after they parted ways with Sam Young. It was the day off. It was the day off. It was, off. The day off. It was, yeah, it was literally the day of. Uh, Sam Young's departure and George Georgiadis stepping up from under-19s coach to 
to coaching the senior team or from 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 coaching the juniors to coaching the seniors. Uh, and so I think that that says something perhaps about the capacity for George Georgiatis to get his team pumped up for a big occasion and for a big game and to play above the level or the standard that we've come to expect from South Melbourne this season. And and they, of course, did that in the previous round of the Nike FC Cup against Heidelberg in a game that they were absolutely not expected to to win, let mm. alone be as competitive as they were. So I, I there are reasons, if you are perhaps a South fan, to be hopeful that perhaps an, op, an upset isn't beyond the realm of possibility. I wanted to put a, a question to you both as to uh, what you guys saw as the, the potential sort of key matchup in this game, the important sort of one-to-one, because I've got one of my own. Uh, and, it, and it comes from someone who we spoke to uh, earlier earlier today. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting sort of head-to-head battles in this game, we don't necessarily know for sure that it's going to be this battle because obviously Calder have got a variety of central defenders that they can pick, but we could see Caitlin Pickett line up against uh, Alana Cern, two players who we've spoken about a lot in uh, in you know this instalment of Radio Dub, and it's fascinating because one centre back, one striker, but they have played, they have scored the same amount of goals in the league this season. But what's interesting about it is Caitlin Pickett has been pretty much all season alongside Akeisha Sandu, one of the few non-Colder members to be a part of the Western United development squad. So. The squad that's been getting an extra, pretty much, you know, working at a professional capacity, getting that extra training session in to prepare themselves potentially for making that step up. So, Caitlin Pickett is coming up against these players, these colder players, as opponents, but she would be extremely familiar with them, and particularly with with Alana Cern. So, has that given her the chance to to pick up a few tricks, spot a few chinks in the armor of that colder defense who have only conceded six this season? It's going to be fascinating, and I think if there is someone who is uniquely placed to maybe break this game open in favour of South, it could it could well be Caitlin Pickett or Akeisha Sandu with that extra knowledge and sixth yeah, well, sense we, we, they have we, of, of Calder. Yeah, we did ask her if she brought the notepad out there, but obviously they haven't had training in the last few like, few weeks due to availability. Uh, Caitlin Pickett's like David Brent. It's just all, it's all up knows, here. But she, we, we sensed it from her. That uh, I think she knows she's got been looking right foot, left foot. She's going to come in on the inside, coming on the outside. I think it's going to be really uh, that is mm. the matchup that I am looking forward to the most, just because that colder defense is sensational, and I, I, I'm really keen to see the how the Toronto sisters go in their midfield as well. Well, I do love watching mm. them. Play. Oscar, do you have a, have a suggestion? Because I just thought of a second. But you, you, you go if you've, if you've got. Well, I, look, I, it's hard to disagree with the argument that you both have put forward. I agree that that is perhaps the key to whether, to whether South can get something out of this. I will add one other point, which is just looking at the other end of the pitch as a question of how well South's defence holds up. I mean, I know I spoke a lot previously about South Melbourne and, and, and their leaky defence. I think what gets lost in amongst how good Calder's defence is, which it is spectacular, is that they're going forward very dangerous too. They've scored more goals than anyone else in the division. It's... It's, I mean, they've scored 44 to Heidelberg's 41 with a game in hand. I mean, we don't it's talk so about that as really much. Think about them we don't talk about it. Goals, That's yeah. right. We don't talk about it as much because of how good their defence is. And also I think the other reason we don't talk about it is because it's not 
there isn't a front runner for the yeah. scoring of those goals. It yeah. is a really an across the park contribution when we when we look at the sort of official goal scoring mm. charts for Calder, which sums up Calder as a as a footballing team as a, as a as an institution, if you will. So for me, uh, for I know they won their semi final against Heidelberg three uh, two, but I think that sat the the, the important part of the pitch to look at is how well South's defence can hold up and if that can keep them in the game for a long enough period of time. I, I just I think that the, the first the first ten minutes of the game mm. um, and the first ten minutes after half time will decide that game for them because it, if they do not settle and if they aren't able to just just retain some level of possession because obviously Colder are going to probably have the ball more, but if they can just retain possession a little bit and just be calm with it and just whoops, weather that storm early on, they can see themselves to create more opportunities for themselves. And if Calder get an early goal, let alone two, I mean, the game becomes so much harder for South and it becomes a whole different proposition. He's yeah, like, trying to break down a Calder side who have a lead to defend. Heidelberg provided opportunities for South to get back into that game, um, but colder will not be as uh giving they aren't as generous mm. they aren't uh they're not santa claus they are <laughs> they're, they're not giving them they are not they're yeah. not they're giving they're giving maybe coal so you know you've just got to be a little bit more cautious and uh just mm. you know ride the your ride your luck yeah uh, just to touch back on i was what i was saying earlier adriana taranto alana cern mm. uh raquel Duralis and stacy papadopoulos so four separate goal scorers with five. They are equal first in the club goal scoring charts for Calder. So four yeah. players with five goals and then Alex Sinclair on four. So they really have shared the load. Uh, the other thing I wanted to to add in in terms of um, potentially important battles, and it's something that we've seen emerge over the, the course of the season, and she was a very important player uh, actually in the comeback against Heidelberg, her midfield play was Grace Taranto. Mm. Now she'll be directly up against... Two of her namesakes, uh, the, uh, the the twins in uh, in Adriana and, and Melissa Taranto. So the Taran trio in midfield is just from a from a, a humour perspective. Like smile on your face. If nothing, if nothing else. I was like, bang! I was waiting for it for so long. Um, the, yeah, to see that sort of Taran trio battle Stop with it. one Stop another <laughs> in midfield. Thank God I've got control of the panel. Sometimes I'd be in so much trouble if I didn't. Uh, but that'll be really interesting because that you know those two are combative live wire midfields who can get forward and be that goal scoring threat. So Grace Taranto, if she is potentially playing uh, as that deeper, deepest lying midfielder, of course we don't know for absolute certain she'll have a job on the, her, her hands trying to screen those two and, and all the other they, colder they threats need, too. They need what two more Tarantos and it'll be like a Ninja Turtle Taranto squad. No, that wasn't. I didn't like that one as you much. No, but that's just T. I was trying to do a little. I'm just only I can make the jokes. I'm that I'm just joking. I did like Teenage Mutant Ninja Tarantos. That was good. <laughs> that See, was we so were hard. we workshopped that one. We got there. We got there in the end. Anyway, trying to make a serious footballing point here. The other thing that that obviously Grace Taranto, the equalising goal she was able to get in the South Melbourne game was uh, in the Heidelberg game, sorry, was because she was able to provide that third man run out of that deep lying midfield position and get herself actually into the box as a, as a penalty area threat. Now, will she have that luxury coming up against a colder side who, you know, are lethal enough in possession, let alone if they've got space in behind to exploit? So how she sort of, if she is indeed playing in defensive midfield to start this game, how she sort of 
positions herself and works with the rest of her midfield with an Akisha Sandu, a Francesca Iamano, if she slots back into midfield as well. How they coordinate with one another to make sure they're not leaving too much space in behind, I think is also going to be really, really, really critical. Of course, we've also seen Grace play at centre-back, though, this season, mm. so you wonder whether there will be that temptation to add that extra security at the back, that physicality that Grace Taranto provides, and maybe George Jardis will see that as a better use of, of her abilities mm. for this one. Yeah, yeah. fascinating. To I'm, I'm curious mm. to know where, especially because of how good she was when she played yep. in that position in the last Nike FC Cup game, it does create a bit of a, a bit of a headache because I think in the same way that that physicality, that combativeness could be useful at the, at the centre of defence. I think it could also be useful to, to act as a disruptor for that same physical quality that the um, the Taranto twins, or sisters rather, can, can bring. Yes. And you know what? I'm excited to see how they play and we'll, we will get there is all those answers. Yes, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Oscar? I'm like a, I'm like an annoying student who keeps who keeps What's wanting up, to yes. ask extra questions Go to the teacher. It. I just wanted to make one last point, just about oh, another point. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Sorry, no. <laughs> another one. <laughs> about is this a football podcast or something? Come on. About the importance for South of not going behind early. Just when we talk, oh, I about, thought we really made that point. Yeah. We did, and I'm oh. going to go back to it because now I've got a statistic to further. Your English teachers would have been very proud of you and your twelve. Underscore. Emphasize, mm. underscore to further substantiate you you. the relevance of this can, point, <laughs> which is that the two times that Calder have lost this season, they didn't get in front, is what I'm trying to say. It is that they, they conceded first. They went first. behind, yeah. Yeah, I could have said... Uh, <laughs> that wasn't my cleanest expression of that point. But in both the games against FE Emerging... Uh, and against Heidelberg, they they conceded first. I'm saying they haven't gotten in front and lost a game this season. That's okay. You got there in the end. You I'm uh, there. Uh, underscored I'm your there. point very well. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so we, we, you know what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we will find out all the answers to these questions that we have, and we'll see if they, you know, if they put in any of these points that we've, you know, talked about. On yeah, Sunday. I wonder if they're listening. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Come on, guys. Surely, like you've got to be listening. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, 4pm, uh, South Melbourne versus Colder United at where is it located? The Valley Park Event Centre. And where will, where will we find you if we are at the ground? Uh, well, if you look at the pitch at the Valley Park Event Centre, there is two, so make sure you're looking mm. at the one that has the grandstand next to it because the other one, I would be shocked if you saw a game played on there, uh, maybe between some kids, but yeah. not mm. the actual proper... So you maybe, you'll be on that ground? No, no. Uh, <laughs> good, nice. nice. Uh, brilliant, love it. Uh, I will be uh, on the side of the pitch, probably, if you look for the idiot holding a microphone, uh, it will be me, uh, unless it's John Clemente, in which it'll be a very suave-looking man holding a microphone. Yes. But the idiot guy, that'll be me. Uh, score predictions? 3-1, uh, Calder. Well, that was going to be 4-1, uh, Calder. 2-1, uh, Calder. Wow. Descending? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. That's not that See, this is why I stick to the English, <laughs> not the maths. Do we want to do the score predictions for next week? Or are you going to listen to them again and get all, you know, righteous about it? Mm, no, no. no. I'll, I'll let you guys uh, have a week off. I yeah, don't want, let's don't, yeah, don't let's, want to embarrass you no. again. Well, you know what? Was, I heard that. I don't, I, what, I, what do you mean? I didn't say anything. I, like, it slid past me, but I came back to it. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, we'll be back next week after the final. Uh, 
hopefully on a Tuesday. We 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 is looking. Yeah. Like we'll be back next week Tuesday. Yeah, uh, hopefully after. with um with a, a a member of the victorious side, whoever that yeah, victorious or, or side if, may be, if possible. We'll, mm. Yeah, we'll we'll try to do our best on Radio Dub. And uh, as always, lucky. Great having you on as a permanent uh, guest. Pleasure to be here as a semi-permanent or permanent contributor. I'm enjoying it. We'll be reviewing. We'll be you on review this week. Uh, But no, Oscar, thank you for joining uh, me on the show, and uh, and me on the show. I I also your contribution (laughs) was noted. Joining me, guys, and that's true. Uh, But uh, but, uh, if you'd like to listen to. The uh, Radio Dub, again, you can list on any platform that has FNR, which show... Yeah, any, any of your favourite podcast anywhere, platforms. That anywhere, is the best place. Uh, you could even check it on Facebook or YouTube. If you, you can actually it. watch our faces our in faces, motion. It's, it's great content. But, uh, yeah, we will see you next week on Tuesday, and uh, we'll break down all the weekend, all the action, weekend's action, I don't know, words. Bye-bye. <laughs> Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Palacios!